0: it's it's Hello and welcome to Fighting in the War Room, episode 89, the review segment for Friday, October 2nd, 2015. Do I say the year of our Time Lord, Dr. Emmett Brown, on the review segment? I don't I don't, don't think you do. I more. think
1: you just, uh, well, I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, you I did it did. today. Congratulations, uh, Rod Patches, who is keeping track of these things. <laughs> uh, today, we are reviewing The Walk, which has premiered at the New York Film Festival. The Walk! walk, We still don't know what the French word le walk
2: walk is. is... Le <laughs> walk. It's le walk. I think technically, although really? walk would probably also not be the word. <laughs> but uh, we, we, in the spirit of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's spectacular accent, well, I'm going to go with walk. Marche. marche. Uh, marché? Le marche. Marche. Le marche. According
0: to Google Translate, wow. le marche. So I'm done with uh,
2: French people forever after this movie.
0: Wow. Okay. So <laughs> and uh, Americans for that matter. Yeah, the walk directed by Robert Zemeckis. It is about Philippe Petit, who uh, walked on a tightrope between the Twin Towers. There's been a documentary about it called Man on Wire. I think it predates this podcast, but we've probably talked about it at some point. It's a very good documentary. And this is the fiction film version of it from Robert Zemeckis in 3D IMAX, although I didn't see it in IMAX, um, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Philippe Petit. It, it it could be a bad idea for all of the reasons that I just said. Because I liked this movie. I don't think it's a great movie. <laughs> it is very Robert Zemeckis in that at times it feels like it's a cartoon, and he would rather not there not be actors in it, and there's a lot of silly effects going on throughout the whole thing.
1: And oh, the entire movie pay- reminds me of Roger Rabbit. That's I walked out and told the well, publicist that, and she had she looked aghast. I I, I thought the soul I was going to drop from her face. It was very that, horrible.
0: I don't know that I get the like energy of Roger Rabbit through the whole thing, but the energy of Philippe Petit. Through Joseph Gordon-Levitt, however good his French accent is, I'm no one to judge. Um, I think he captures the energy of, if you've seen Man on Wire, you know Philippe Petit is this really odd guy who said, I was in love with the Twin Towers. I had to go walk them. It was my destiny. He, like, did most of the insane shit you see this crazy circus man, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, do in this movie. And it keeps up that energy (laughs) to the point that you kind of... Go along with his crazy scheme and the like, goofy energy that Robert's Mexican
2: is bringing to it. I do not say death. Le mort.
0: He doesn't. This is all real. This is what Philippe Petit is. Um, I'm like,
2: starting to feel like Philippe Petit only walked these fucking towers so that he could write a book about it, make it, have a documentary wow, about that it. That is <laughs> extreme. <laughs> so I mean, oh, that, so me. cool. that guy all is. All right, uh,
0: David. So if you want a book written about you, why don't you go walk on a tightrope between the twin towers? Hey,
2: uh, I might just. Except for <laughs> if I walked uh, off the top of your office building now. I, <laughs> probably not get very far.
0: Oh my god, I would not, yeah, there's a, there's a guy who's scared of heights who's in the movie as one of the accomplices and pulling this off, and you see him like clinging to the side of the building when he gets remotely close to the edge, and that, that but would be Just great.
2: to give our listeners out there who haven't seen the film a better sense of the tonality here, the film starts uh, and is often interjected with Joseph Gordon-Levitt leaning against the spire, the, like the flame of the Statue of Liberty in a very gaudily CG, like hyper <laughs> inauthentic uh, New York with the Twin Towers in the background. He's kind of uh, onto it, like it's the barricaded, and right? And he's narrating Ferris yeah. Bueller style uh, of his. Well, but
0: he's but he's narrating like in the dream world. He's not in the in the story the way Ferris
2: Bueller is. Okay, uh, well, uh, a good uh, a good distinction. Yes, he is outside of the story, and they cut back to this even in the middle of the film's most suspenseful. Moments like in the middle of the walk, they'll cut back to Joseph Gordon-Levitt standing against the it flame of the Statue very of Liberty. Getty, yes. <laughs> <They're> like <laughs> thanks, yes. Um, it
1: was. Oh, it's very
2: Broadway musical. You constantly expect him to break into song. Like I don't a, like get the this coup, comparison the at all. Coup. You were talking
1: about this earlier in the week, and I really... Maybe I get Circus. Maybe I get Cirque du Soleil. I don't get Broadway
2: I think a all. large part of it has to do with the fact that I saw the Catch Me If You Can musical on Broadway, short-lived, and uh, it feels exactly like this.
1: That destroyed you. Well, I think... Katie's comparison is more apt. Um, I actually, I had the pleasure of talking to Robert Zemeckis for this movie, and it was a pleasure, I must say. Um, And when I was watching it, I really thought it, it, I mean, it reminded me a lot of his motion capture movies. It's like a cartoon, which is why Roger Rabbit came to mind. Even, I mean, in the beginning, this movie takes place in the 70s. Robert Zemeckis is obsessed with, like, the Beatles and, uh, you know, this pop version, this pop nostalgia and this movie, the first 30 minutes of it are so steeped in period details, just kind of swinging excitement um, even though that seems kind of out of place in the 70s that's more of a 60s thing, it still has that kind of sweetness, maybe that's what was going on in France at the time, you I got learned a a, lot. a
0: cute girl singing Leonard Cohen on the street with Yeah, it's guitar. really,
1: really cute and Philippe Petit is basically a cartoon character running through this It's, it, I think it switches from black and white to color at times, it's just so animated, and uh, even when they get to the walk, uh, to continue my Roger Rabbit comparison, there's a part where they drop the cable at some point or almost do, and it like because it's IMAX 3D, it, it goes right into your face. It goes, whoa! whoa. And there's a lot... Yeah. It just reminds me of Roger Roberts so much with the angles and how Ooh. the movement of characters and objects in this movie. There's All a part earlier like in the movie catching.
0: where he drops his pole that he uses to balance and it kind of flies directly into the camera and literally the people in my row, like, jumped. I like, did too. It was like, like I did being too. in, like, one of those Disney World but movie theaters.
1: It is... F- Fun in that way. I like how goofy it is in the beginning. It, it becomes a little intolerable mostly because of the accents and how they're trying to dance around why Joseph Gordon-Levitt is speaking English this entire time. There's an uh, ongoing.
0: He speaks a solid amount of French. No, oh, he not, does. Like, he
1: does speak a bunch of French, but there's a there's a solution to why he speaks English, which annoys me. Uh, it's not a joke. It's, <laughs> they keep insisting that they need to learn English so that they can no go to New York and pretend has to ever. be American. And
2: they're like, No film has ever English? gone so far out of its way to and I appreciate this to a certain degree, explain why these characters whose first language is <laughs> not it- English and who are not in America are speaking <laughs> English, but the excuse is so flimsy. We, got it. we gotta we gotta pretend to be Americans. I
0: might be- I might be wrong, but I feel like that's in Man on Wire. I feel like I remember him saying that in the documentary. Oh, but I did
2: they say it? it in Man on Wire eight times? Th-
1: that's that's <laughs> the thing. They say it in so many different scenes, like at the top of every scene where they're going to speak English while in France. They they say they set that up that way,
2: including the
0: poor guy who like barely speaks any English.
2: <laughs> I'm wigging out. The uh, you know the the movie is um, are they really committed to this uh, cartoon sensibility, Broadway cartoon, whatever. I mean, it's it's like. It's part for me, it was part Broadway, part theme park attraction. Um, but it, it feels that broad, and the supporting characters really add to that atmosphere, including the most and really the only insufferable one, who is this stoner that they add as one of the accomplices in America, who is just such a worthless character. Um, Man, and I Robert Zemeckis things,
1: hates hippies, uh, he really yeah. does not like counterculture. I think that is something that don't is don't you remember deep what happened to core. Jenny
0: and Forrest Gump? Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Or I was reading quotes from him on his uh, uh, yeah, I found it on Wikipedia, but just, like, from back in the day when he was talking about being in USC and just, like, all these hippies are in my class. I hated all these hippies. I just want to entertain people with Hollywood movies. Why do all these arty farty guys get in my classes?
2: I was like, <laughs> man, you hate hippies so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I think it it is undeniable. Undeni- I, mean, I don't know. I was perfectly entertained uh, even though I was rolling my eyes under my very dark pair of 3d glasses for, for the most part um and by the time you gets to the actual tower and you've probably heard this at nauseum already anyone who's been on twitter uh has seen the reactions have been sort of uniform that if you can make it through the first hour and change it's worth it for the the sequences of the, the walk itself um and I, I think that's true i do think and we, we alluded to this on the uh main episode this week that my feeling is that the 3d which so many people have reported made them sick and very well may have i can't speak to their experience, um, but it's it's a lot less uh, you know your point of view and like we talked about how there are no real point of view shots, um, but it, it really gives you a sense of the scale, uh, which is something that Man on Wire, which is an infinitely better movie, of course, could not do uh nor was it essentially interested in doing um but you know this is uh you do get the sense of just how big these towers were when you're on them but to speak um, to the
1: craft of the rest of the film what i like is that he's practicing on these various wires over the the lead up to that while he's you know we get to see him from the time he was a teenager when he walked out of his house and when he picked up the wire for the first time and we see the space between the ground and the wire grow and grow. You know, he joins this circus with Ben Kingsley giving maybe one of the worst performances (laughs) I've seen him ever give. Um, I don't know. What is the accent that he's doing? He's he's
2: doing that recently. Nobody saw Selfless, but he is in like the two scenes in Selfless that he's in. He's essentially playing Donald Trump uh, (laughs) and like with the accent jacked up to 11. Uh, that's just sort of the mode that Ben Kingsley seems to be in these days. Um, fantastic. And his character, is, it must have been like three days on set. I mean, he's barely in this movie uh, and is sort of laughable all the way throughout. Uh, but I, th- I think everything is so... I mean, the movie's rated PG, which I don't think we can overlook because that's obviously what the studio and Zemeckis targeted. Because this, I think, if My, not for their muscle, it, could have been PG thirteen.
1: What would make it PG thirteen? Or, or why or would worse? you want
0: it to be PG? Yeah, yeah,
2: I would not. No, like, I'm not saying. I'm not saying Petita's that it would Petit is fucking been,
1: girls and like doing massive amounts no, of drugs. If
2: it's I am saying that, if walking. this he
0: might have been. Or, hey, if if was,
2: this um, it's a Titanic situation. Titanic was PG thirteen and probably could have been R, but they had a certain. Amount of leverage there I think this is probably I mean I'm not I don't give a shit if it's PG or PG-13 I'm just saying that uh, the PG mindset is one that they're really after you very seldom see movies of this scale that are, tar- that are targeting a PG rating and uh, it really has that sort of childlike sensibility to it. You wanted it.
1: it to be more like Titanic. You wanted the French love interest to be like, walk over me like one of your French girls. Exactly, wow. yes. Uh
2: No, but it's, it's, uh, it feels, yeah, it's, it's very theatrical. It's very silly. Um, and I, I, don't... I, well, I just could say that like, I don't know if uh, it makes for a fun experience fun enough at least um everything's heightened to the nth degree all the new york guys who are like hey how you doing you know? oh my
0: god like, the cops the cops uh, have the best new york accent it's crazy
2: you know but who's the, great in this movie james badge dale as yes, one of the but, yes but i was just gonna meet. finish my thought it doesn't it, it takes a swerve and at the, the very end it, of course this is in the subtext throughout uh where it oh, very directly but without you know, actually speaking the words references 9 11 at the last shot of the film, uh, and it is a little bit of a weird schism between the tone of the movie and this very. Yeah, I don't think so uh, at all. I really need
0: I mean, the whole that, movie obviously. is sentimental. Yeah,
2: I mean, it didn't. Well, it didn't offend me. I'm just saying it. I'm not sure it, it sits strangely. I was. My comment after the movie was that it was dumb and moving. Like I was. It's it's an easy button to press. And I, I don't know. Just, yeah, I not mean, sure it's it very, it.
1: the movie is very innocent and I think that carries all the way through that you you have this young guy who thinks the towers were built for him and he can be very flighty and then he gets very driven and, and I mean, enraged by the fact that more people aren't in on his dream and then when he finally gets to the top of the towers he goes into uh, perfection, in, uh, you know, to, to to achieve his dream and he's so focused and when, you know, nine eleven. Kind of happens in this movie. It's still that innocent. I don't doesn't, know. Doesn't do you think that nine eleven <laughs> it doesn't happen in
0: this yeah, movie? But please it, do it, not imply to people that like it gives you 9 And I, I no.
2: think that Robert Zemeckis may have had to be talked out of actually 9 11 in the end of this movie, just for like oh, the no special way. effects. Film. <laughs>
0: Okay, so I want so I would like the, talking about the innocence of this movie and the PG. I feel like it suits Zemeckis so well. Cause I think all of the movies he's made that, or many of them that have been really successful, have been in that mode. And when people kept comparing this to Flight, like because it's you know one of two Who's live action movies he made since 2000. I mean, I heard people compare like Flight has the really spectacular scene in the end. This has, or in the beginning, this has the one in the end. But Flight, I just thought was dreadful, like so bad, and that makes me realize that grown-up tone doesn't suit Zemeckis at all, and this is so much more... this no, is like Polar the Express. Way
1: th- it's
0: supposed to inspire kids. Yeah, but it's not, kids. it's not grading the way that... I mean, maybe some people no. think it's grading the way the Polar Express is, but... It's not as like it's not forcing whimsy down your throat as much. It just kind of has it in this character, and then in the really it's astonishing thing that it gets to show you at the end.
1: I mean, I found yeah the walk to be a very organic experience and to be a very pleasurable one. I didn't realize that I was such a New Yorker that when Philippe Petit takes his bow on the on the wire, that I would start crying, and I did. I will admit it. Uh, it just that really struck me to have that like glory of achievement, but also to to kind of wrangle these giants and <laughs> what they meant to New York. I don't know. I found that very moving.
2: Mm-hmm. And I, very w- I, that have been, I would have found the transition into that last emotional beat smoother had I been moved at all before that. Uh, I think for me, it was just like a very light and, and airy uh, experience and then like this gut punch at the very end. Um, and so because I was not, you know, I was not quite so taken when he finally gets on the wire. I was just sort of like, how could you have thought that? You could have walked across the wire, which would have taken all of twenty seconds uh, at, before there was a crowd gathering, and that would have been enough. I mean, the show—the lack of uh, of anticipation for such a showman was very hard for me to reconcile.
0: <laughs> That's interesting. I thought the emotion got so heightened for me because I agree with you, Patches, in that scene. it is It does get very emotional, but I, the the terror of it kind of had me so jumpy and jittery already that I feel like every emotion I felt by the end of that was heightened by mm. how, like, That's how all the... I mean, I'm really scared of heights, and I knew that I was going to go and just lose my mind over the heights in this movie. But it kind of just, like, opened up my, like, nerves to feeling more, which I thought was... And I, I, I think Man on Wire had a lot of the same impact. Man on Wire gave me vertigo, too. Well,
1: just to, to kind of back up, but also cap this conversation, I think we all agree that the, the walk segment of this film is maybe not an achievement, but uh, a very successful piece of filmmaking, very entertaining, should be seen on the big screen, perhaps. But what do you think about Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, personally, someone that I'm always like kind of back and forth on? I don't think I've ever really loved anything he's ever done. Is this a good movie for him, or is he kind of just facilitating what... Robert Zemeckis wants to do here, which is make a 20 minute short film of the walk.
0: (laughs) I think he's really good in it. And like, I think that he, the the things about Joseph Gordon-Levitt that are annoying are not the things that are annoying about Philippe Petit. Like he's playing this character in a way that does, that seems really removed from him and his personality, which I wasn't expecting. And he brought the, like the drive and the forcefulness and the kind of force of personality that I know of Philippe Petit from having seen the documentary about him. I mean, I don't know how it would feel if you hadn't seen Man on Wire. It, and it's strange. fact from this crazy French guy.
2: It's strange because I agree that he's good in it. I also think he's abysmal. <laughs> like I think that it's one of the better and also one of the worst performances I've seen of the year at the same time. You're it's gonna this, have like, to explain that. Yeah, right? I know. It's uh, it's kind of like. Uh, to go back to one of my least favorite analogies, the one that Jennifer Lawrence makes in American hustle about how it's, whatever she says about how it's like smells, it smells like garbage and flowers, it smells like garbage and flowers. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, he, the energy is spot on. Um, and you, but it, it's as obnoxious as it is. And I'm sure Philippe Petit was not always the most pleasant person to be around in long stretches. Uh, it, it feels genuine enough that by the time he's up there on the walk, you, you believe his conviction and it's really all that matters. Um, and, and in that, in that most important aspect, I think the performance works. It's also so phony, uh, at all times. <laughs> I, like, it's, his accent is terrible. Um, it's all just so big, but it fits the milieu. You get the sense that it's exactly what Zemeckis wanted, uh, whether or not that's what Zemeckis should have wanted is a different story, but it all works sort of coherently. Like, everything about this movie is bad in the same way. Uh, and so it's sort of But I don't know it, if you it can make a
1: movie this big or have the spectacle of the actual walk where you're, your camera's swinging around and you're getting these huge vistas of the background of New York and up close on the wire. Can you be that big and dynamic and have a performance that's so small and intimate? Like he Yeah, probably be, not. It kind of has to be larger than life on the ground in these small moments for that big moment to
2: work yeah i mean uh, I, again i mean i think that it's the right decision for the movie that zemeckis wanted to make yeah uh it just doesn't mean that it's a particularly strong performance uh on its own right but in the fabric of the movie and again these performances as much as we like to single them out and say like oh okay movie great performance nominated for an oscar etc which of course that's not the conversation for this particular performance uh they are all supposed to be part of this whole and i think that the performance fits in very well even if uh even if it would be very grating, if not unwatchable, in almost any other movie.
1: <laughs> I do wish that maybe his romantic interest, as I said earlier, played by Charlotte lebon <laughs> uh, had a little bit more time or or room to grow and, and figure itself out. and have. I think there was room for intimacy there. Well,
2: and you know, because in real life, the relationship is a lot messier, but that conflicts with the PG Which element actually, here. actually,
1: well, it's also honest at the end, I think.
2: No. Well, it's it's a very obliquely right. honest. It's like, well, you know, and then she went away to, fo- I'm going to follow my dream. Uh, and it's like, well, didn't Philippe Petit immediately fuck some groupie the second he got off the tower? Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, probably. In the jail cell. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it's like, it's in the dock. so uh you know they again it's the pgification of this whole story and it would have been weird had they had like an honest heart to heart about why the relationship didn't work afterwards
0: well you know? and she is an ex- I, mean, I think he sees her an ex- as an accessory and the way that i think the movie is kind of honest to that like it the one of the scenes i think doesn't work is when they have this kind of argument the night before the walk where he's like out there hammering shirtless in the middle of the night yes, he's pretending and, it's his
1: coffin wow yeah that is aromatic.
0: and it's not a great scene because I think it's just like uh, kind of applying these like story beats that don't have any place in the story.
2: No, I mean, I think you're being too generous. I think it's a terrible scene and sort of emblematic of what doesn't always work about the movie. But uh, I think you are right that that is how he sees her. And, uh, you know, I think uh, but of course, the part of that scene is that she is encouraging him to thank his cohorts because which he's so. Not,
0: which has not occurred to him to do. Right.
2: He's so self that Which he never that. really
1: does later either. The, the heist portion of this movie he's is. He says thank messy. you. I mean, to the yeah. guy who. To the guy who uh, is, is experiencing vertigo and with him actually on his tower, there's a lot of camaraderie there that I like. But his, there's this photographer character who's there from almost the very beginning who I think kind of gets shafted. I don't really understand that relationship. And maybe there's a thank you thrown his way. But that, and then Ben Schwartz shows up for some reason yeah, uh, to do absolutely nothing. with the nothing. stoner kid. But James Badge Dale, who I mentioned earlier, I just thought he was really good. He plays this uh, guy who sells them walkie-talkies and kind of gets them in with people and I don't know. He's really likable. Yeah. And I totally forgot about him. He had that big year with uh, Lone Ranger and Iron Man three all at once. And well, he's, what happened to him? But
0: he's so likable that he's so he's standing with uh, the girlfriend and kind of on the street corner watching the walk happen. And I was like, wait, are they going to set up a romance between them? I know, he's, I, like, I, he's like God well, going on.
2: Well, I wanted it. a whole movie about
1: them. I'm,
2: like, I, I, I could have misremembered, but I when I saw that look between them. I was like, oh, didn't in real life, didn't they sleep together after this? Oh, maybe. Um, like those two characters. So, I mean, I think my... I, and again, I could be wrong. I'm not fact-checking this as we do this. But uh, in my memory, at least, it, it, I felt like they were just nodding to uh, to something that happened after the story was over. Uh, and they're just... It's, that's not what this movie is about. And so, they didn't do it. But, uh, uh, yes, he's fine. I think he... Robert Zemeckis seems to obviously believe in him. He was in that flight scene, which was a, a big scene in the stairwell. Oh, He's right. Here. Yeah. I forgot so about. Man, I the oh yeah. Flight is completely out of my he was memory. he was like oh, bald flight. and crazy and right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. God, flight. I'm so glad this movie can make me forget flight ever happened.
2: This is a better movie than Flight, and it's. Uh, um, I think maybe unlike Flight, it's a movie that nobody else could have made <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah and uh i i still i would i would never recommend this movie not in theaters uh in imax really i didn't see it in imax oh, and i felt on. like You're i was missing watching out a this lot this movie on hbo while i am i don't for like the next i
0: don't ten years. yeah we're gonna be we're gonna be recording You're gonna be like oh the, gonna walk. Be like,
2: the, walk. the walk <laughs> I, I, the, a, I don't think so the walk is on he's walking good sense of what movies tend to do that for me and like and they're not always movies i love like spotlight is a movie that i said that i think is fine but i'll probably watch endlessly on cable this movie i don't think so i don't know if i can really take it too Are you many telling times me if he
1: was stepping onto the wire and oh no that part, on, yes.
2: like that part, hbo yes. you wouldn't watch the whole thing but i'm talking about spending money to go and see this like my recommendation is very very qualified for this
1: if he's unicycling and
2: oh, the a... fucking unicycle! <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there is a scene where he gets in a fight with Ben Kingsley and then unicycles away with his luggage. That's just there's so also ex- a scene
2: where it's he's so like, absurd. He's like, uh, he goes to the circus and he like slips under the thing and then he's like, he gets kicked out. He's like a little boy. It's not played by Joseph Gordon Levitt. And then he's like, and then I went back and he's like an adult man. And it's like, you went back after this experience, like 15 years later, (laughs) like it doesn't, there's a lot of silliness here, but.
0: But like the thing, so I had heard about the unicycling away scene. Someone mentioned it on Twitter and I was like, oh God, but it's kind of, it's not played so serious that it, it torpedoes a movie. And that's something I appreciated about it throughout. Like it's got the light touch really helps kind of the nonsense of Philippe Petit sell itself.
1: Uh, I guess so. I mean, <laughs> the beginning of the movie is so clunky. It really is. It, and, it, it's definitely
0: clunky. Plot. It's definitely clunky, but the fact that it wasn't too so serious didn't uh, didn't take me out of it to the point that I couldn't enjoy it anymore. If it had been... Tri- like, Flight is so super serious, and I was like, fuck That's this. true.
1: That movie lost me way, way early, probably before the actual Flight and Crash, whereas <laughs> yeah. this movie is consistent and builds, and, you, I mean, you want to get to the walk, and I enjoyed the ride. I, I really like the scenes where... Petit is scouting the towers and he's doing his heist thing. He's talking to people in the building. He's wearing funny costumes and it's it's almost like Pink Panther or something. He's Inspector Crusoe <laughs> trying to get to the top of his tower. It's very silly and, and kind of French. I don't know if Robert Zemeckis, I mean, not to bring too much of his real life in, into this picture, but like the man hates international cinema. He just hates everything that's not Hollywood and he would disgrace French filmmakers in the name of being like, "I just want to make Spielberg movies." And now he's making films about the French and there's clearly no influence, I think, but the maybe word, the pink Panther The
0: term is frogs the is used at least twice in this movie. <laughs> which is uh, amazing.
1: This is a pure Zemeckis film uh and you could probably judge and figure out how if if you're going to like it at all based on that so
0: and I can't wait to go to work tomorrow and look out the window and see all the views that I saw in the walk and how different everything looks now oh I mean it's like there's just like a bunch of buildings that weren't there back then like giant condos not even the fact that the Twin Towers aren't there anymore anyway so go see the walk Before we get to your lightning round answers, uh, David, there's a movie called Taxi that doesn't have Sandy Kenyon in it. I hear it's good. <laughs>
2: yeah, go see Taxi. That's what Katie was like. Do you want to talk about Taxi? And I was like, I'm just going to say go see Taxi. Uh, go Jafar,
0: see it. Jafar.
2: See it. I'm Scott Movie Mance. <laughs> His parents, you have to give them credit. Very movie. For naming him Movie Mance. Or maybe he just felt compelled to go into the movie business pressured because well, of his it could have been name.
1: his nickname in college like they <laughs>
2: haunted him by calling
1: movie watching movie. a movie again scott <laughs> hey scott
2: you, in get movies. a life
1: oh i'll um, show you a life i'm scott movie man
2: <laughs> skip it uh so taxi is jafar panahi's third film that he's made since uh he was banned from making films with the iranian government under false charges of uh spreading propaganda that was against the Islamic State or not the Islamic State, but against uh, Islam and against Iran. Um, He made This Is Not a Film, which is a masterpiece. He made Closed Curtain, which was flawed but very interesting. And again, he's back with another self-reflexive exercise in which his prison cell is now mobile. Um, Another film that Iran has sort of turned uh, another eye to, but they were very much aware that it exists, that he made it. It won a prize at Berlin. They asked Berlin not to award it to him, and Berlin said, fuck you. Uh, He is playing himself as a taxi driver. Uh, driving around the streets of Tehran. Uh, I will say no more. The movie's 80 minutes long, so if you sit down, you'll get the gist quickly and be out on the other side. It is absolutely magnificent. It is almost as good as this is not a film. Uh, It is playing in New York and L.A. It will be available later. It's called Taxi. It does not star Jimmy Fallon nor Queen Latifah, Mm -hmm.
1: uh, but
2: it does star Jafar Panahi's adorable niece, whose name, like the names of everyone in the film, uh, is is not revealed because uh, their identities are Protected. Wow. But.
0: And then there's free held. And then, Chaz- and then there's Sword. mod. You you did see
1: Freeheld? No, I did not. I was I was oh, waiting okay. for you guys to chime in. Uh, yeah,
0: Freeheld. It's got Julian Moore and Ellen Page. It is another movie based on a documentary, which uh, like The Walk, which
2: inspired our lightning narrow question. A, short documentary. a short documentary. it's actually another it's another film based on an Oscar winning documentary.
0: An Oscar winning documentary about uh this uh, police officer in New Jersey who is fighting to uh, have the rights. She was dying of cancer, and she wanted her uh, female partner to be able to receive her uh, pension. And she uh, went and not to court, but finding the freeholders of freehold, New Jersey, to have the rights. Anyway, this movie's not very good. Uh, Julianne Moore and Ellen Page, as great as they are, aren't especially good together. It is very well intentioned, and uh, how is this
1: possible? Not like, it good. seems like a it's, home run for everybody. it's
0: like a it's like an HBO movie from like no. fifteen years ago,
1: like yeah, a really okay.
0: terrible, like a poorly made HBO movie. There's nothing cinematic about it. There's no energy to it. It's not even that tear jerking. I don't know. But didn't like it.
2: Yeah, it's... Like, it's, if these walls could talk type of... Oh, I never saw those. It's, like, crazy bad. Uh, <laughs> and um, Michael Shannon, who's playing her tough partner, who's always had a crush on her, and he... Did like Michael Shannon. He, and he comes around, uh, is, is compelling, it's fun, it's playing against type, he does a great job. Steve Carell, as the flamboyantly gay... Uh, Guy who comes in to sort of take advantage of the media sensation to promote uh, his cause, which is for uh, gay marriage. Well, he's uh, a good guy. Like a, He's, he's, he's there. a good guy, of yeah. course, in the movie. There are a lot of good people in the movie. His performance is gruesome. <laughs> um,
0: he's he's tremendously miscast.
2: Yeah. Uh, as Katie said, it's, it's no fun to shit on a movie that advances a cause that I think we all uh, – agree with and is so clearly well-intentioned and, and uh, sincerely made, but this is truly incompetent filmmaking. Um, And uh, it's, it's nobody, you can't recommend, you know, it, it it just makes me that much more happy that, uh, that gay marriage is now the rule of the land because uh, this movie certainly wouldn't push the needle any further. (laughs) Uh, so please just never see free health, as long as you live.
0: Yikes. Um, okay. With that out of the way, Patches, what was this week's lightning round
1: question? Yes, it was in honor of the walk, which isn't really adapted from a documentary. Which no. Be clear. But what documentary would you want retold
2: as a fiction film?
0: David, what do you think?
2: Ha huh, huh, huh. I'm going to go with Rob Trench who uh, gives a recent example he says Best of Enemies Bitch, and even fun. cassette <laughs> starring Chris Hemsworth Hem, Chris Hemsworth as Buckley and Tom Hardy as Gorby Vidal I think uh wow. I think that is a deeply flawed documentary that with a wonderful subject matter uh, and the back and forth between Buckley and Vidal is is fascinating and the script is already there for you uh, you just need to pad it out with a better movie um, it can only I think that, be better than
1: Frost Nixon, which is what yes. I can think about if you
2: somehow made this movie. But I think like the right answer for this kind of question, if you are looking for a right one, is is to pick a documentary that that could be transformed by uh, being turned into a narrative film that maybe had some weaknesses that, <laughs> that could be corrected be no, with some fiction. <laughs> yeah, so I think that that makes this uh, a, a good choice.
1: Uh, Patches, what do you think? Well, David stole my answer, so thanks for picking me next. Mm-hmm. Um... A lot of people said Dear Zachary.
0: <laughs> yeah, guys, no, don't do that. But
1: can I just say this? Dear Zachary is a horrible documentary. It's a horrible movie. So maybe Thank it you. could be a really good film if someone with grace and and an interest in character and someone who wanted to truly explore this kind of fucked up situation instead of mining it for the grief pornography that dear Zachary is, uh, maybe it could be a good film. So I'm going to go with at uh, the page master T Tyler Allison, who said it was going to go with dear Zachary. Well, he went with something else, but now I'm picking dear Zachary. So fuck them <laughs> all.
2: The, the official fighting in the war room position is that dear Zachary is a terrible movie
0: guys, I like to hear Zachary. No. no.
2: I, it's as if I didn't just declare <laughs> <that> the official
0: <laughs> fighting little in little.
2: the war room position.
0: I say, we're see monsters
2: it. now. Oh, Scott, Movie Mance is back. I
0: know. Back. Movie is back. Oh. Okay. Uh, I'm going with Josh Oakley at Wine and Pop and hang on, my phone just up. off. Ugh. He says, page one, Bill Hader is David Carr, and then the really crucial part, or at least the Documentary Now version of this. And that's what I really want. I think mm. the Documentary Now version, the Documentary Now is the series on IFC of Bill Hader and Fred Armiston. They're kind of recreating old documentaries and then just making them weird. Uh, their Great Gardens episode is spectacular. Um, I think a Documentary Now version of many of these documentaries would be incredible, probably including Man on Wire.
1: I don't know if the person who said Cave of Forgotten Dreams was joking or not, but
0: well someone else said the act of killing and I don't know if they were joking or not no
1: I, I
2: think that's a fine answer
1: the act, the of, act killing, of killing they're already I mean, making would,
2: movies I mean yeah it, it would be it would certainly be something <laughs> It'd be like Ed Wood <laughs> yeah
0: oh god okay uh that does it for this week's fighting in the War room we'll be back next week um I don't know what's coming out next week, but something we'll be reviewing
1: it and talking Please. about other things. Coming yeah. to Pan, Steve Jobs, perhaps? Oh God, yeah, the Is it uh, Steve Jobs time—that's amazing.
0: It's already you no, know, it's really incredible. Uh, go get your new
1: iPhone and then go see Steve Jobs.
0: Uh, anyway, in the meantime, tell the people who you are.
1: I am Matt Patches, I'm the senior writer at Esquire.com, and I'm on Twitter at Mr. Patches.
2: I'm David Ehrlich. I am the uh, associate film editor of Time at New York, the editor at large of Little White Lies. And I'm on Twitter at David Rolick.
0: And I'm Katie Rich. You can find me at VanityFair.com or on Twitter at Katie Rich, K-A-T-E-Y-R-E-C-H. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back talking to you next week.